All right, so welcome back everybody to week two. Uh, we are going to be looking at um, variables today. We're gonna to be looking at values and types and what those are. We're gonna be looking at variable assignment and we're also gonna be looking at program structure as far as uh, how you set up a program um, and then input and comments uh, as well as output and debugging actually. So a lot of initial topics to cover just to sort of get you going with your programming um, and then we will um, <clears throat> dive into a lab this afternoon so i've given everybody an invite to REPL, uh, and you should have that in your slc email if anybody's having issues getting in there let me know if you already have an account you might need to reset your password if you've forgotten what it is um, but you should all have access to REPL now um, that will let you do your labs and also be where you're gonna be working on your projects and your group project. So it is crucial that you all have access to REPL. So let me just switch over here and I'll give you guys a little um, preview of REPL and what that's gonna look like. Um, so everybody should be able to see my screen now um, and I'm just gonna show you. So when you come into REPL, uh, if you click on your teams here on the left-hand side, uh, it'll show you all the teams that you're a part of. You are in this Comp 905 Winter 21 team. Okay, uh, this is our uh, team for this semester. So in here, you're gonna see the projects. Okay, so we have an individual project one, two, and three, and as well as a group project. Um, when I publish those, you'll see them. So they're not published right now. Okay. Um, in a, in a couple of weeks, I'll be publishing project one for you guys to work on. Um, and then uh, so on and so forth. Uh, at the bottom, you'll see the team REPLs. So the difference between projects and REPLs is that projects are things that are graded. Um, so you actually have to submit them. Um, so you write your code there. You can work on it over a certain amount of time as long as you need. And then when you're done, there's a submit button where you submit the project. REPLs are just spaces or playgrounds for you to work on your code and test it out and stuff like that. There's, there's never going to be a, a submission on the uh, REPLs. And that's where all of your labs are located. So right now you're only going to see uh, whatever you recently visited. But if you go to view all REPLs, it'll show you all the REPLs for this team. So we have... Um, uh, lab one here and lab two here. Now you notice the projects come in as REPLs as well because they are still REPLs, um, but a, a, the um, on the actual team page, if you if you see if you go to where they're sorted, you'll see that there's a project section and, a, and a, just a general REPL section. So again, all the labs will be under that general REPL section. So if I open up lab one, okay, uh, you guys will each have your own copy of this, um, and you're going to see an area where you can start writing code. Uh, right here in the main.py. Now it defaults to this um, Teams for Education panel. I don't know why. Um, if you just click one tab up here on the left-hand side, uh, you can click on files and then it will show you all of your files. Okay, so in the files, uh, the main two files that you have to worry about is the main.py, which is where you're gonna write your code, and then the readme.md, which is where the instructions for what you should do for this week uh, week's lab will be. So you can read the instructions there. Okay, so always the instructions are in the readme.md, so you open that up, you'll see them, and then you write your code in the main.py. Uh, if I go back here, and we go back to, hold on, let me go back to, okay, click up here. Uh, oops, I clicked one too far back. 
we go back here and we go to lab two, um, again, you're going to see that there is files here and under files, you have your main.py and your readme.md, which has part one, part two, and part three, uh, as well as part four. Okay. We're going to talk about comments today. And what you'll be able to do is do part one in your main.py, run it, try it out. And when you're done with that, you can just comment it out and we'll, and we'll talk about what that means. And then you can do part two, part three, part four. So you don't, you can do them all in the same file. You just comment out the parts that you're not work, currently working on. And we'll talk about how you do that. Um, but anyway, this will be your environment for writing code. And, and I'm going to do some examples of writing code in here today. So you'll see how it all works. Um, but that's basically our REPL uh, team and, and how you'll get your work done for this semester. Uh, one, oh yeah, one last cool feature that I wanted to show you about this is that um, when you're in here, um, you can actually go to the chat box here. Um, and because we are all in the same team and everybody who's on this REPL will be able to chat here. You can be like, hey, not sure what I'm doing. Um, and you can ask for help on the code or whatever. Um, so that's another little thing that uh, is built into this REPLit. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to show you for now on that. Um, so let's flip back, go back to my camera view here, and you guys can follow along on the slides uh, on the right-hand side. And I'm going to go through a few more slides. Um, we have one question, Bashir is saying it's asking me for a login. Um, when I sent you the invite, when you click on that link, it should ask you to sign up. If it's asking you to log in, then, then go ahead and just sign up, like find this, the sign up or registration link. Um, and then from there you will um, create an account and then you should be able to click on that link in the email with using that account. Uh, someone's messaging in the chat. What do we got going on here? I'm confused. <laughs> okay, cool. We can see that the chat is working. All right. Um, so, sorry, I guess you guys can't see this, but I'm just pulling up the chat on REPL and I see everybody's messages now. Okay, so um, today, again, we're going to go through variables, values, and types, variable assignment, program structure, input, comments, output, and debugging. Okay, so let's get into those topics. First off is variables. So variables are stored in memory, okay? Um, and what that means is in your computer, you have memory or RAM sticks. There are these little physical pieces of hardware that are on your motherboard. Um, they look sort of like this two-dimensional picture that I'm showing you here in the slides. And they basically uh, have areas on them that you can store information. So that information gets stored on your memory at a memory address. So that's where it's stored on the memory. Uh, and then when you need to get that information back, you just say, this is the address of the information that I need. And then the memory will give that information back to you. So you can think of it very much like a hard drive or a thumb drive that you plug into your USB port or like any sort of storage like that. Memory is the same thing. It's just much, much faster. So because it's so much faster, um, the, the technology is not there yet that we have, you know, memory that's that fast but also very large in, in storage space so typically in your computer you only have you know 8 gigs 16 gigs 32 gigs some people have 64 gigs of memory um, you don't have thousands of gigabytes or terabytes of memory like you would have in uh, your on your hard drives um, so because we have this limited memory space it only keeps track of what it needs to keep track of while something's running and then after that it just lets go of 
that information and stops remembering it. Um, that's why memory is volatile. So uh, third point there is that memory is volatile. So anything that gets saved in memory is temporary. And whenever it's no longer needed, it gets removed from memory. So um, when we store our variables, they're stored in memory. So when we create a variable, it's actually creating what all a variable really is. It's creating a, an address in your memory and saying, okay, at this address, you can now store information. But when you're programming, you see it as a variable name because that's how you want to reference it. You don't want to have to write out the memory address, which is a very long hexadecimal number, right? Um, okay, so that's variables, uh, at least the theory of variables. Uh, I'm getting a couple of questions here still about Repl.it. You're saying, do we have to download it? No, you don't have to download Repl.it. It runs in your browser. I'll show you guys how Repl.it works in a minute when we get to the code. Um, okay, variable assignment. So variable assignment, to create a variable, um, you give the name of the variable that you want to create. So that saves you a spot in memory when you create that and it, and it associates that variable name with the memory address. And then you give it the data that you want to store at that memory address or into that variable. Um, so you just... Uh, write the data on the right hand side and you put the name of the variable on the left hand side and then in the middle you have an equals which will take the data on the right and say store this data into this variable or into this location in memory um, and that's what variable equals data will do so message equals and then a string here in this case um, last week we looked at data types right so this string here that we're assigning to message uh, is the string data type because it's characters in, in between quotes um, then we have an, a number variable n, which is equal to 17, right? 17 with no quotes is a number. Uh, then we have the pi variable, which is a floating uh, number or, or a decimal place number, right? Because it's a number, but it has a decimal in it and no quotes. So that's a number type. Um, so we have a string, two numbers. Um, you can also assign multiple variables on one line in Python. So you could have Instead of doing it on three separate lines like I've done in the first picture, in the second picture you can see that we have three variables all in one line separated by commas and then whatever we want to assign to them, the data or the values to give to them, we have all in one line as well separated by commas. And it'll take the first thing, assign it to the first one, second thing to the second one, third thing to the third one. Okay. Um, so for... Um, for trying this out, we'll get into uh, a REPLIT here and, and we'll play around with the code. Um, so let me switch back here so you guys can see. Um, and then we're gonna go over to REPLIT. I'm actually just gonna create a new REPL for this um, that will just be my class REPL. So let's create that here. I want it to be a Python REPL. And then we will go create REPL. Okay, so I have this REPL here now. Let me just make sure that uh, my font is as big as possible for you guys, good. Okay, um, so if I wanted to create a variable, I could say, um, I don't know, name, back to files, because I'm writing in my main.py, okay. So name equals, and then if it's a string, it's a braid and Gerard, right? Um, and that's how you'd create a variable in Python. Um, now I could say uh, favorite, color is equal to okay, and um, profession professor and then if I wanted to say 
maybe do like a number. Uh, we could say favorite year. Uh, no idea. <laughs> Let's say 2011. Um, and then we could say is male. All right, so there's just a bunch of variables describing myself, okay? Um, hold on, true needs a capital T. Um, so we have some strings, a number, and a uh, Boolean. Now I could also do those on the same line, right? So I could say, um, I'll have to give it a new variable name because you can only use, if you use the same variable name over, it'll replace it, okay? Um, so we have to give it a new variable name. So I'll say my name is equal to Bob. Um, and then, or actually I wanna do this all on one line. So we'll say my name, my age. So we'll do two things here. So we'll say Bob, and then we'll say Bob is 29. Okay. Um, so you can also define them like that. So now my name is Bob and my age is 29 for, for those two. Um, so that's how you create initialized variables. And, and we can look at these values of the variables in a minute. And I'll show you guys that um, to, to sh show you that we can actually use these variables now and get the information back out of them. Um, but let's go back to the slides for a minute. Um, so I can explain to you guys um, the way that we can check these variables and, and, and write more code. Um, so in a program, we have a structure to our program, okay? Uh, there are three sort of main parts that make up a program. Uh, first, statements, okay? Statements are the unit of code that Python interpreters can execute, okay? so. It's, it's a section of code that the Python interpreter, so the thing that runs your Python code, can actually run. So uh, it's, it's a full statement. Scripts usually contain a sequence of statements. Okay, so if, 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 I, go, um, if I go back to what I was looking at here, um, we can see that I have on line one, this is a statement, okay? Because it is uh, a full line of code that Python can run. Um, I have another statement here, I have another statement here. So I have six statements here all one after another. So these all together make up a script, right? Because all the statements together are in a script. Um, so that's what a statement is. Uh, operators are special symbols that represent computations, okay? So if you need to do some sort of computation, anything that you would do, say, in math class, um, you can do that in your code using operators. So we have the plus, the minus, the multiplication, the addition, uh, sorry, the uh, division, the uh, to the double multiplier, okay, which is the exponent. Uh, and then you also have your brackets if you wanna have certain things um, compute before other things so you, to follow bed mass, right? So whatever you wrap in brackets will, will come first. So um, another and thing to note actually before we look at the operators is that division will give a floating point number result in Python 3. So uh, in Python 2, that was different, but in Python 3, which is what we're using, um, you'll always get a floating point number result whenever you do a division. So let me just give you a quick example um, of some of the math here. So we could say um, sum is equal to five plus 10, right? We could say um, exponent is equal to two to the power of five. 
shouldn't use some. Some looks like it's a built-in word. Um, addition result. We'll go exponent result. Um, so there are certain words that are called reserved words, and those are words that the programming languages uses for special things. So uh, because that was highlighted yellow sum, I think it's used for something in Python. So we don't want to do that. We want to make sure we have a unique uh, word as our variable. Um, so there's an exponent result. I don't know. We could do a division. Let's do six divided by three. Okay, so there there is um, some examples of uh, operators being used in Python. Um, now, the final thing that you can use in your code is expressions. Okay, and expressions are a combination of values, variables, and operators, okay? So when you're putting together uh, values, variables, and operators, then you're creating uh, an expression. So expressions alone in a script do nothing, okay? So if you just have an expression, it won't do anything, but if you put that expression into a statement, then you're actually like saving the result of that expression um, into a variable potentially, or you're doing something with it, um, then, then it will actually affect your program, right? And so if I go over to my program and I say, I don't know, 10 times five, okay? That, that will run, but it's not gonna do anything. That's an expression, um, so that's fine, it'll work. Um, but I haven't actually done anything with the result of this, so it's just going to disappear. It's not going to be saved anywhere. It's going to compute it, and, and nothing's going to happen with it. Okay, um, so that's what we would consider an expression. So the most of the things on the right here are expressions. Same as here, like you create a string, um, or you say this is a string professor, but then we don't do anything with it. Well, in this case, we are assigning it to a variable. But if I didn't do anything with it, if I just said like, I don't know, this is a string. Um, I have an expression, Python won't care, it'll run it, but it's not gonna do anything with it. Okay, um, so that's that's sort of the different parts of a program structure and all of your code's gonna follow that structure. Okay, um, so any questions so far? How do you declare a variable without initializing it? Okay, um, we will look at that. Um, I will get to that part, but let's just get through um, printing out our variables, and then and then I'll, I'll get to that question at the end. I don't want to confuse people right now. Okay, so um, if we continue on uh, and we look at input, so sometimes we need to get input from the user's keyboard to use in our program. So some so so sometimes you want to get like actual input from a person using the computer to then make a decision based on what they tell you. Um, so Python has a built-in function that's called the input function, um, and it'll do exactly that. So you can prompt the user when asking for their input so they know what kind of input you are asking for, um, and then they can input that on their keyboard and hit enter, and it'll, and it'll grab that input. So if we go back to our program, um, you can, on your keyboard, or in your program, I mean, you can say input, um, and then you can say, I don't know, enter a value. Okay, um, and if I run this now, my code's gonna run all this stuff, but we're not gonna see anything because I'm not actually doing anything with the stuff. I'm saving it to variables, but I'm just continuing on. So we'll talk about how we can actually like see what this is in a minute. Um, and then it's gonna hit this line 23 and it's gonna say, okay, we're waiting for the user to give us input, so don't end the program yet. 
Um, so then we're gonna say, I don't know, give a value, 25. Okay, and then I hit enter. And then my program's gonna end because now it's got the input, so it continues on and there's no code left, so my program ends. So if you notice at the top here, when I hit run, it says stop, so it's, it's still running, okay? Um, now when I type my value and hit enter, it now says run again. It, the stop goes away and it goes back to run. That's because my program ended, okay? Um, the program will wait for the user to input something and hit enter if you have an input statement. So my program is just gonna sit like this forever and it's never gonna stop running. When I give it something and hit enter, then it says, okay, I'm good. And it goes on and finishes the program, okay? Um, there's a couple different ways that you can use input. So you can use it like that, where you put the, the, value, the what you wanna ask in between the brackets, like the second example here in the slides. Um, or like the first example, um, you can print out, um, or sorry, you can just ask for input without giving any prompt. Now, if you're gonna do that, I'd recommend that you print out a prompt before you ask for input. And we'll talk about printing and, and what that means in a second here. So before we get to uh, printing, which is our output, so that'll be our last slide, um, we're gonna look at comments. So comments are pieces of code, or, or text that, sorry, not piece of code, but text that you can write in your code that won't actually affect your program. So the compiler will, or sorry, the interpreter will just skip it and it won't actually uh, run the code. It'll just leave it there as if it doesn't exist. Now, why would you want this in a program? There's a couple of reasons. One is that you can document your code so that others who might come and work on your code later or need to understand what your code is doing can read that and say, oh, okay, I get what this part does, I get what this part does. Um, another reason that you might want to use comments is for debugging purposes. And what debugging means is when you have a problem in your code and you need to try and figure out what it is, sometimes if you have a lot of code, it's confusing to try and figure out where the problem's occurring. So what you can do is you can comment out sections of code. So put a comment in front of them, so that pound symbol, <clears throat> excuse me, or number sign or hashtag, whatever you want to call it. Um, you put that in front of the code that you don't want to run and then you can make that code not run. So then that way you can just run certain parts of code and see if it works once you comment it out, right? If you comment out one spot, all of a sudden your code works and it's like, okay, well that spot that I commented out must be where the issue is. Um, now, when you're leaving comments in the code, you don't want to leave comments that are sort of useless, right? Like uh, the one that I have uh, crossed out here, v equals five, okay? And if you put a comment beside that saying, we're assigning five to v, well, well no, no shit, <laughs> v is equal to five. So you're, you're assigning five to v, that's exactly what you're doing, right? And that's something that's very straightforward and easy to understand. Um, once you understand what you're doing programming-wise, like that, that's, a, that's exactly what's happening when you, when you look at that and, and read what it's doing, that's exactly what it's doing. So you don't need to put a comment like that, but, if v equals five is for something specific and you know they need to understand why what v is, um, then, well, okay, well, v is the velocity in meters per second. So just so you know, this variable v that I'm using is actually velocity in meters per second. So that's what I'm using it for, okay? That's a useful comment because then when I'm looking further on in the code and I see v being used in all these formulas, I can say, oh, okay, he's using the velocity in meters per second to, to do this and blah, 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 right? So that's how you can, um, determine what V is uh, from reading the comments for someone else who might be coming in to work on the code. Okay, so if we want to leave comments, um, all you have to do is put that pound symbol. So I could just say here, um, asking the user to input a number value, I don't know, um, 
right? And then if I run this, it doesn't change anything. It still just asks me to enter a value. Okay. Um, also, if we didn't want to run certain code, so let's say I don't want this input to run anymore. Put a comment in front of it, run this. You'll see my program goes nothing and doesn't ask anything. So if you look up here, I hit run, it goes to stop and then it goes right back to run because my program runs all this and then just ends. Okay, because nothing's, it's not waiting for anything. It's going to run from top to bottom. So it's also important to remember when you run your program, the computer looks at it and it goes, okay, from top to bottom, run this, run this, run this, run this, and it just goes all the way down through your code. Okay. Um, so that is how you would use comments and what you would use them for. Um, back to the notes. We have... Um, Output and debugging. All right, this is the part where everything's gonna to start to make sense now, now that we learn about what output is. So if you make a mistake in your script, um, and the Python interpreter will give you an error. So if you if you do something you're not allowed to do and you try and run your code, you're gonna get a, some, like a, you're gonna get an error. It'll say some sort of error. Syntax error, if there's something wrong with the way you wrote something, or a, a name error, or an out of bounds error, you, you'll get some sort of error like this. Okay, um, the errors are displayed as text output in your terminal. So in your terminal, you'll see the error and I'll show you what that looks like in a second. Um, and we can also manually output to the terminal using print. Okay, so this can be useful for debugging or testing values in your script and I'll show you what print is as well. So errors will print out automatically if you make a mistake based on Python, if it doesn't like it, it'll spit out an error. Um, and, and then your code will stop at that area. And when, when an error occurs in Python, it, it kills your code. So your code won't run any further. It just hits the error and stops. Um, but what you can also do is if you want to print out something without stopping the program, you want the program to keep running, but you just want to output something to the terminal, you can use print and that, and that way you can put something out and let the program keep running. Okay. So if we go back to our code, um, and if I wanted to try, I don't know, let's make a mistake first. So let's just say, um, how can I break this? Okay, you can't have two variables like this on the same line um, unless they're separated by commas and you have two values over here, right? So if I have two variables here on line 17 and I run this, Okay, it's gonna, so first of all, it'll warn you in the in the code that there's a problem. But if I try and run it, it's gonna say syntax error, invalid syntax, okay? Um, so we know it's a syntax error, so the type of error, so make sure you read your errors, right? And whatever the type of the error is, will give you a hint as to what's wrong. So syntax means like the way you write code. So syntax means there's something wrong with the way you wrote the code. Uh, it's invalid, it's not proper syntax. And then it gives you a little arrow and it literally shows you where in your code the issue was. So what line it was on. So here it says it was in file main.py. So this is my main.py file. It's on line 17. So if I go down to line 17, okay. And it's at this spot in line 17, it shows you right at the plus. So it says, okay, right here, there's a problem, right? And well, the problem is that you can't have that there. Okay, that can't exist. So if we remove this, let me save it. And then we run, it'll run fine. It's gonna just run and quit my program because I'm not waiting for anything right now. Okay, so now what we could do is we could use print to output our own errors. So if I wanna say, okay, let's see what all this info is that I just put up here. So print my name, print out my favorite color, uh, print out my favorite year, and then print out my is mail. Okay. And if I run this, 
Now I get Braden Gerard Green 2011 true. So I'm creating these variables, I'm saving data to them. And then when I get here, I'm saying, okay, uh, Python, go to memory, go to that variable uh, address that's saved uh, associated with that variable, go and grab the data that's there and let's print it out into the console here. So it says, okay, sure, I'll, I know that name's associated with this address, so I'll go to memory to that spot, grab the information that's there and print it out for you. And that just happens to be the data that I gave the variable, right? Um, so I can print all those out. We can also see here that um, this also worked. So my name and my age also worked if you wanna do multiple uh, assignments on the single line, okay? And now back to your question about um, creating a variable without initializing it. So here we're creating variables, but we're, we're initializing them. We're giving them values right away. Um, the question was, what if I create a variable, but I don't want to use it until later? So let's try that. Let's say um, Bob. We're going to get an error, okay? Um, we could say, because you can't just have a variable without, um, without anything being assigned to it or without something being done with it. Give your variable a value right away. Uh, and that's partially to do with the fact uh, that the way data types work in Python is that um, your variable will have a, a data type, okay? So your variable will be either a string or a number or something like that. Um, and you uh, that data type gets decided based on the information or the data that you give to the variable. So it infers it from the information. So it says, okay, this is a string. So the data type of this is going to be string. This is a number. So the data type of this is going to be number. Um, without giving your variables a value, if you, if you try and create a variable that's not being given a value right away, it doesn't know what type or what data type to make um, the variable. So it, it can't create it. Okay. You could make it equal to null. Uh, is it capital N? Uh, is it nil in Python? It's different in every language. Um, I'd have to go back to my data, my, my data lecture or types lecture from last week so I can figure out what the null value is. Um, but you can make it equal to the empty value or is it empty? I always forget what it is in Python. Anyway, uh, you make it equal to the, the empty value null and then you could give it a value later. Um, you could make it equal, if, it's a, if you know it's gonna be a number, you can make it equal to a number. If you know it's gonna be a, a string, you could make it equal to an empty string, um, but you have to give it some sort of value, okay? Um, that is how you would, I guess, initialize ahead of time. It, it, you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to create the variable because you'd have to initialize it right away at the same time, so you can't just create it, uh, if that answers your question. Okay, um, back to our slides. I think we are pretty much through most of the content that I wanted to show you guys. Um, so let's just write a little program here so I can show you guys how all these pieces will be put together. It's none, someone said, for the, the null value. Thank you. Uh, okay, let me bring back the screen here so you guys can see. So if I said um, Bob is equal to none. Yeah, there we go. So now Bob has no value. So if I go down here and I print out Bob, uh, there we go, I get none, right? And then if I wanted to maybe make Bob equal to 12 later on, and then I wanna print out Bob. Okay, now I get none and then I get 12 once I change the value of Bob. 
So actually, thank you for that because I wanted to show I forgot, I wanted to show you guys this. So you can reassign variables to new values, and the type of the variable will change as well, right? So um, here I have uh, a variable that's equal to the the none type, um, and then this is now a number variable, and it prints out twelve, right? And then after that, I could change Bob equal to a string if I wanted to, um, and then I could print out Bob again, and we're gonna get a string value. Okay, so a variable can have any value that it wants, but or any data type that it wants assigned to it, but it will change the variable to become that new uh, data type. So the variable won't stay a number, it's gonna change now to a string and it's gonna hold that new value. So you're basically overwriting the variable. You're basically saying, forget about that old memory address, forget about that stuff that we stored there because we don't care about that anymore. Let's create a new memory address and let's save the, uh, the string at that address and that's the data that we're gonna get back when we call that variable. Okay, um, so let's let's write that program really quick. Uh, unless there's any other questions, let me see here. Okay, um, so let's write that program really quick so you guys can see how uh, the code would work. So let's just get rid of all this. Um, let's create uh, a user. Okay, so let's say uh, we want to get someone's name. Uh, so we'll make that equal to input. You guys can see my screen, right? Let me see here. Yes, okay, good. Forgot what view I was on. All right, so let's say name equals input. Um, enter your name. Um, and then we'll say uh, age equals input. Enter your age. And then we could say uh, favorite number equals input. Uh, enter your favorite number. Oh yeah, and what I was saying earlier about this was, so you can do it like this where you ask for the prompt in the actual input. Or if I was to do uh, another input, we could say uh, print give me a random number. And then I would say input, uh, nothing inside the round brackets, and then we'll say random num equals input. Um, and then this will also work. So I'll ask them for something and then I'll wait for the input. So you don't have to put the, whatever you're prompting them for inside of the input, you can ask it ahead of time if you want. Um, personally, I don't see why you would do this. There could be some use cases where you, this might be help, uh, useful, but in most cases, you'll probably just want to throw it inside the input, save a line of code. Um, now, also another thing I want to mention, if you're using variables that have multiple words in them, because um, typically you will quite often just so it's a bit more descriptive because your variables should be um, descriptive of what you're storing in them so that you don't have to comment every variable and say this is what it is, right? You shouldn't like giving variables names like a b c d is like not good programming practice okay you typically want to name your variables uh what they're going to be which is like i have here right so the name the age favorite number random number so sometimes you got to use some uh, underscores to give them uh more meaning so you want to write multiple words for the variable um, it's okay to have you know variables that are i don't know how many characters is this like eight i don't know like 10 to 15 characters you don't really want to have variables though that are like 50 characters long that are like 
the whole length of this line as one variable name because it makes your code really hard to read and, and it'll take up a lot of space when you're programming and you're going to be it's just it's just not fun to use code that's written like that okay so try and keep your variables short and concise but try and also give them a bit of meaning as to what they are now when you're using multiple words like this that's what i was trying to get at in the first place is that this, the way that you should write it in Python, it'll work if you write it a different way, but the, the standard way that people write it um, is with underscore case. And what that means is you write everything in lowercase and you separate words with an underscore, okay? Because you obviously can't have two different words because that won't work, right? We already saw that earlier. But if it's all one word, you can separate it with the underscore. Some languages use camel case where you would write it like this, right? That will work in Python, but it's not the uh, sort of way way that people write python code so your code's going to look funny other developers are going to go in and be like okay hey, well this is weird why is it written like this um, and it's just not going to be you know maintainable in the python community at least um, so to follow sort of the norms in python you would want to use an underscore to separate uh, your words instead of camel case or something else um, there's there's also other types of casing and, and ways that people write variables but for this um, class those are sort of the two big ones and, and this is the one that we want to use in python Okay, so we can do it this way too. So let's run this. It's gonna say enter your name, and say Braden, uh, enter your age, I don't know, 20, I wish. Uh, enter your favorite number, um, I don't know, I don't have a favorite number, 99. Um, give a random number, 10, okay? And then my program ends. Okay, so notice here the input for a random number was on the next line. That's because when you do a print and then you ask for a random, it creates what we call a new line. Um, and it's like hitting enter on your keyboard. You can also create a new line um, in, uh, in the console just by printing out uh, the new line character, which is a backslash n. Okay, um, so if I do that, you're gonna see here when I run this, I'm just gonna type stuff here, name, age, favorite number. You'll see we have a gap here now, okay? Um, that's because we created a new line, okay? So it automatically hits enter the keyboard and then I'm telling it to hit enter again so it goes down a second line, okay? Um, so you can create new lines like that but because we're doing a print after an input, um, it's creating a um, new line right here by default, because print will create a new line, one new line by default, um, and then input creates a new line. So that's why you're getting that, the input underneath the line instead of beside. Uh, when you're doing input with the value, it keeps the value on the same line because it's already done the new line before the input. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, so we've got these, um, oops, stop this. We've got these inputs now, so let's try and do something with them. So let's say, okay, um, Special number now equals um, favorite number multiplied by random number. And um, I don't know, uh, age minus 10 is equal to, sorry, I'm doing this backwards. Don't look at what I'm doing. Don't want to disregard that. New age, okay, I see people actually, I'll do that as a good example, age minus 10. People do this a lot in Python, okay? Uh, or, or just when they're learning to program and they go, okay, age minus 10, sure, should be equal to new age. Okay, that's not gonna work. You can't assign 
this is not a variable, right? This is an, a, an expression and you can't assign a variable to an expression. Whenever things get interpreted in the code, it's always top to bottom, right to left. So it's going from the right and saying, okay, make new age, make this in, equal to new age, the thing on the right. So put new age into this basically. Um, and you can't put new age into an expression, right? So it has to be always the variable that you want something to be stored in on the left and then the expression that you want to be stored into that variable on the right. So I say age minus 10. All right, and then we're just gonna, um, you don't need to make extra spaces like this. I'm just doing that to show you guys, keep it separated so it looks easier for you guys to read. Um, but then I'm gonna say, okay, now we're gonna print out. Now I'm gonna print using an F string, okay? So you notice earlier I did a whole bunch of prints to print out all the different variables. Um, you can use something in Python called an F string. In Python 3, um, you can use something called an F string where you put an F before your open quote and then you have a close quote. Stop. Okay. Um, and then that what that does is in between your quotes, you can uh, insert variables, just put it, wrapping them in, in squiggly braces. So if I say, um, hello, and then we're going to put the name that they put in. So, or sorry, name. So the variable name, hello, get the value from name. Um, welcome to my program. Right, and then we go, I bet you wish you were, and then we're gonna say um, age, or sorry, new age. I bet you wish you were new age, years old, and I also know that your favorite color is, and we're now put favorite color here. Okay, so I'm just using some of the variables here that we've gathered, doing some operator math on them, um, creating a new variable here, creating a new age, and then just printing out uh, some of the stuff that we've that we've done. Um, uh, oh, we forgot to put out the special number. Did you know that your magical number is special num? And I did a camel case favorite color because I'm used to writing JavaScript. Uh, special num, and in here this should be, so it's giving me an error, right? It's showing me, it's saying this is not a variable. Um, so this should be underscore fav num. There we go. All right, so if I run this now, Enter your name, Braden. Uh, enter your age. Enter your favorite number. Uh, favorite number. Let's uh, 99 again. Uh, give me a random number. Oh, I never even actually asked for a color. It was a favorite number. <laughs> I'm getting real confused here. So let me fix this up. Um, there. We only got three values. Whoops. Okay, um, let me stop this, run it again. Thought we still had a color in there, but we don't. Okay, run. Uh, Brayden, Brayden, apparently I always write my name like that. Uh, age, favorite number, random number, 
and we get an error. Okay, good. Uh, this is, I'm glad this happened so that I can show you guys. So here's an error that's not a syntax error, okay? Because um, syntax errors, well, first of all, you see them in the code right away, so you rarely get them when you're actually running it because you usually fix them before you run it. Um, and they're pretty easy to fix. But sometimes when you run your code, it'll actually get what we call a runtime error. So when the code's actually running, it'll hit an error, um, and then it'll spit out that error and just kill your program. So see, we didn't get this printout because my program aired out before I got there, okay? Um, and what it's telling me is it's a type error. Okay, so that means there's something wrong with the data types that I'm using. Um, and it's saying it can't multiply a sequence by a non-int of type string. Okay, so where is it giving me this error? If I go to the file, it says main.py. Okay, so it's in my main.py file. It's the only file I have, so okay. Line seven. Okay, so we're on to line seven. Um, and then it's saying it's it's in this part, special num equals fav num times random num. Okay, so if I go down here, line seven, special num is equal to fav num times random num. Okay, and the issue is it can't multiply the sequence by a non-int of type string. Okay, so it's telling me that it can't multiply strings together. Um, why are these strings? So when you do inputs, okay, um, you're always going to get a uh, string value from the input. Even if you type a number into the console here, it's going to get that number as a string. So what I mean by that is it's going to get the number like this. It'll be like, if I say 99, it's going to get the number into my program like this as a string instead of the value 99, which is what I want. So what you have to do is we have to do something called casting. And that means we're changing the data type of our input. Okay, so we have these two things here. They're both strings. Let's cast them to integers. So we'll say int. And then you just wrap the variable inside of uh round brackets with the int right in front of those round brackets. And what that'll do is it'll convert the integer or convert the variable into an integer instead of a string. I'm doing it all together here. So it's going to say, okay, take this variable, convert it to a, could you take this variable, convert it to an integer, and then can take this variable, convert it to an integer, and then multiply those two integers together. Okay. If you find that confusing, I could make this fave. Uh, I could do this an extra step here and say fave num uh, int is equal to int fave underscore num. Okay, and then on the next line I could say random num. So I'm making a new variable to save those into. Int is equal to int random num. Okay, both ways will work. And now what I would do here is I'd put these down here instead of doing it like this. Okay, so you could have done it the way I just had it. It's a little quicker, um, but if you want to do it this way because it makes more sense, that's also fine. So now I've converted these inputs into integers, um, and now I'm multiplying two integers together into uh, to, to give me my result of special num. So now if I run my program, enter your name, age, favorite number, second number, um, we're going to get new age equals age minus 10 unsupported operands of type minus for a string. Okay, you know what this error means now? It's because I'm trying to make a string, which is age, subtract 10 from it, and we can't do that. So I've got to go back over here and I've got to say age underscore int is equal to int age. And then I have to say age underscore int here. All right, I think I fixed all my bugs. Let's see. Enter your name, Braden. Age, nine, favorite number, 99, your random number, 20. 
Hello, Braden. Welcome to my program. I bet you wish you were 19 years old. Did you know that your magical number is 1980? Hmm. Cool. It's making me older than I am. That's that's nice of you. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's just a very basic example of a very introductory program that could do some calculations based on some inputs that you give it. Okay. Um, that is pretty much everything that I need to cover for this week. Um, I've provided both of the labs now for you guys. So lab one and lab two is available on the left-hand side. Uh, you can get both of those done now. Um, so under Blackboard on the left-hand side under your labs, you'll see a link to lab one as well as a link to lab two. Lab two has four different parts in it, okay? Um, lab one is more for you guys to figure out, um, I haven't covered it in class, but it's set up to, for you to figure out how to actually run this Python code on your computer locally. Um, it's important that you do know how to do that because if you're not using REPLit, which majority of the time you're not gonna be using REPLit, it's more of a teaching tool, um, you will need to be able to run your code on your computer. So make sure that you do lab one so that you understand how to do that. And if anybody's having trouble with that, just let me know and I can help you figure out how to get it set up on your computer. Um, once you're done lab one, then hop into lab two uh, where you're just basically starting to work in REPLit. So lab one, you're setting everything up on your computer. Um, if you want to keep working on your computer, that's fine. I'd recommend you work in REPLit just because it's easy. You load it up and it saves your code and everything. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, and plus, I need you to put all your uh, projects and assignments and stuff in REPLit to get graded. So um, make sure that everything ends up in REPLit at some point. Um, and the other thing with REPLit is if you run your code on your local computer, you might have things set up on your computer to make it work. Um, if you then put that into REPLit, it might stop working and I'm going to be grading REPLit. So the nice thing about REPLit is if you do all your code in there and it works in there, I'm grading in the exact same environment that you're working in. Um, so you won't have any issues. Okay. So that's another reason why I like to use REPLit because I don't have all of your computers on my desk testing your code. Right. So I get you to submit everything in REPLit because if it works in REPLit on your end, it'll work in REPLit on my end. Um, so yeah, so, so lab one's important so you understand how to do that and set it up on your local computer. Um, but after you finish lab one, you won't need to use your local computer setup anymore. You'll be doing it all in REPLit for lab two and, and, and so forth. Um, we had a couple of questions in chat here. Um, if we do not put a semicolon, is it okay? Okay, so... I was going to actually mention that. Um, if you noticed in my code, I'll go back for a second here. I have no semicolons anywhere. So in Python, you actually don't use semicolons, okay? Python is a language with no semicolons, and you can show where things are in Python um, using tabs. We don't actually even use squiggly brackets very much in Python. We'll get into that in future lectures, but um, just know that it's very important where your code is in Python, like the location of it. So if I hit tab here, and this is over a couple lines, that's going to not work properly in Python, okay? Um, because tabs have a very insignificant um, meaning in Python, and we'll talk about what that is. Um, but just know that it's very important to keep your code organized nicely in Python, because how your code is organized also affects how it runs with the Python language. Um, other questions that we had, uh, underscore user input. Uh, yeah, so it's not, you, you wouldn't create variables like that. Um, that will have its own special meaning um, in many languages. Um, but if you're creating a variable with multiple words, uh, you would put the, the underscore between the words and, and no capitals, so all lowercase. Um, you could use the plus in the print like that if you wanted to add the variable to the string in the print. So that's another way of printing. 
Um, you can't download Repl.it to your computer. It doesn't, there's no like local computer version of Repl.it. Okay, if you're having issues with your internet where you can't use Repl.it or something, yes, you can program on your computer using the setup that you do in lab one. But again, make sure that you copy all that into Repl.it at some point and test it there to make sure it's working there. Um, my face cam froze, I'm sorry. Is it still frozen? As long as you can hear me, that's the important part. Oh yeah, my webcam seems to not be working too well. Well, that's interesting. All right, well, you get a static picture of me. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll look into that. Okay, um, well, that's all I had. Does anybody else have any other questions for me? Camera's back alive, there we go. All right, any questions? Everything is on Blackboard, yes. Blackboard is your central hub for all materials. This is the problem with teaching. Your coffee is always cold because you warm it up before your next lecture and then you don't drink it until after and it's freezing. You can't find groups in Repl.it, only labs. Oh, and then you deleted it. Okay, I'm guessing you figured that out. All right, I'll give you guys another minute for questions. And if I don't get any questions, then I'll end this. Uh, and the recording will be available for anybody who might have came in late or who missed it. Also, don't forget there is a podcast version of this that you can get to from Blackboard if you want to listen. How do we do our lab in our own REPL space? Right now there's a few of us typing in the main.py in lab one and we all have access to it. So we're just typing over each other. <laughs> Good question, Kyle. Okay, so um, when you get into your REPLit, um, you want to fork it, okay? Um, so at the top here, if you click on the name of the REPLit, uh, there's a button here that says fork. And if you click that fork button, it creates your own copy of it. Okay. Try that. See if that works for you. So you click on the name at the top here of the REPL and then you click on fork. Fork will make a copy for you. 
Bavinpreet, look at the lab one. That'll explain how you can download things to your computer. But no, Repolit will not work on your computer. No problem, Darren. Have a good day. Questions will definitely come after practice. That is for sure. Yes, lab one, you're basically just assigning data to variables and you're printing out the types uh, of those variables to see what the data types are. Just to give you some practice actually writing code. Individual projects, yes, they'll also be uh, on Blackboard. You'll see links to them on the left-hand side right now, but they're not live yet. When I publish them live, you will have access to them. All right, I'll wrap that up there, guys. Um, if anybody else has questions, send them over in Teams. And uh, everybody else have a good day. Thanks for tuning in.